Bearcat Bounce Podcast. Back at it again. As always, it's, it's Monday night. It is a uh, it's an interesting Monday night. Monday night before signing day. Wednesday night. Monday night after the close of the 2022 football season night. Monday night after two wins in a row for the basketball team Monday night. Monday night's here, man. That means there's no better time to welcome in my three guys, my pals, my buddies, to reminisce all that's happened in the past week here in Bearcat land. So without further ado, welcome them in. Aaron Smith, Chad Brendel, Ryan Royer. Technical difficulties. Scott Satterfield, how are we? Gentlemen, <laughs> how are we? Aaron, run the I don't, I don't feel great. Yeah, I mean, I think it's starting to something's starting to run through our house so that's not super fun but just in time for the holidays yeah <laughs> chad how are we i'm here yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's been it's been a rough week but i'm here yeah. right i hear you i hear I'm you trying to trying to get the juices flowing there we go we'll, we'll get the juices flowing we have to we need to bearcat land needs us a lot of things going on, you know, of course, around might, the might uh, just be you talking for two hours if Royer didn't show up. I don't know, man. That's uh that is the opposite of me trying to be concise. So we gotta, gotta that's your dream. What you, that's your dream scenario. What are you talking about? Yeah, I think I could blabbergast for quite a while, but uh, you know what? Hey, <laughs> things about being broken, he's having a little technical difficulties. You know what? I, I mean, as we see Galactic Pride Chicken up there, I love it. Never been, but I love it. I heard a lot of great things. But you can also go to Danco Joe, Danco Auto Care. I went to Danco Joe uh, when I was in Cincinnati last, or, or you know, two times ago. I was able to get get brakes all fixed up. Head over there, get your oil changed, get a little little car fixing, if you will, because uh, if it's broken, he he's going to be able to fix it. The Danco Auto Care and Transmission. But uh, man, guys, um, obviously I. I want to hear Royer's thoughts as well on the game, but uh, that that one was a doozy. It was a uh, weird, weird game Some coming in. Some would call it a snoozy. Oh, I like that. I see what you did there. Uh, 24 to 7. Bearcats fall to Louisville. Uh, it was one of those things where it was a uh, kind of a roll into the, to the basketball game where, you know, you thought it was going to be an exciting finish to the bowl game. It's going to screw up the beginning of the basketball game. Well, it ended up being a, a rough finish to the football game. Guys, you were able to talk about it a little bit uh, on the nightcap, but uh, here we got to dive in a little bit, a little bit further. Uh, Kagan Ailes stays in Louisville. Coach Brahms got it. Dion Branch wants to keep the keep the rivalry going, get the games rolling. Uh, guys, a couple days removed. So weird, weird close to the 2022 season, obviously. Uh, and anything that you were kind of think about the game itself after a couple of days away, Chad? Not good enough. <laughs> yeah, that's. I mean, that's that's the part that you know. I don't know what else you say. They just they weren't they weren't good enough at the line of scrimmage. They got dominated at the point of attack on both sides of the football. Um. I'll give Aaron this. Uh, the offense uh, definitely hurt the defense by only being able to run like eight plays a quarter. It felt like. I thought that was all they ran the whole game. It's so bad. 
<sighs> it was. Was think, there more? I, think, I mean, they ran like fifty plays. I think the whole game. That what? Was... I would have never guessed fifty. Louisville's offense wasn't very good either. No, Outside no. of they, they popped a couple long runs. They turned it over for. I mean, defense credit for that. Unfortunately, yep. they were the recipient of some turnovers. Mm-hmm. But uh, it was bad. Yeah, it was, it was. It was the opposite of good. Whatever, whatever good is, it was not that. Let's just yeah. say that. I completely agree. Uh, Aaron, you're the positive one of the group. You're the uh, eternal optimist. Let's. Uh, you're the eternal optimist of the group. Let's hear. I know. Let's hear. Let's let's hear a little positive spin to it. You know, you've had a couple of days to kind of kind of rehash uh, anything positive that we can kind of kind of take away. I, I mean, twenty four to seven. The game is is you know it is what it is. But there's there's still got to be able to some find some sort of silver lining at all. The the game is over. That's my silver lining. Like I don't have to worry about watching that game anymore. The season has closed. The The book is closed on the 2022 season. The Fickle era is over, and we're moving on. And I would not have watched that entire game if I did not have to talk about it. But I did not see much positive to take away. Um, Drew Donnelly was good at returning the ball. He was. Um, Mason Fletcher can still punt the ball really well. Yep. Um. And Ethan Wright ran the ball well. Those are my Ethan, my... Ethan looked good for sure. Richard, thank you. Those uh, are my, uh, my, I, my, I, my. I agree, Richard. We'll get to those that. Those are my my three positive takeaways on the game because I don't know that there was anything else that could be positively taken away. I mean, your boy Blue as well, the uh, leading receiver, and then of course he, uh, you know. I, it was it was interesting seeing the, the players go to Twitter and apologize to the fan base and you know say that they could have done better. It's just I mean I'm sure it feels terrible, right? Like, they know they played like crap. Like that that's not a that's not a, a a one-sided fans view. That wasn't a game that was played well. That they didn't get the result that they wanted, and and fans are upset. That's it's a game they didn't play well. I mean, really, no sugarcoating it. I thought, you know, initially early the defense held up pretty well, but right. Louisville just kept running right at them. Did, did you guys have a hard time, like, shifting your focus to Louisville at times? Like, okay, that's what things are about to look like? That's what I was going to say. It, it, at, at what point do you take a step back and you're like, okay, well, am I going to start to watch this from a vantage point of Scott Satterfield's got a, got a roster of, of – Pretty capable guys going up against Cincinnati and you know kind of kind of showing us the door. So Aaron, did you feel midway through or you know third quarter late where it's like okay, maybe maybe we do take a look at it on the other side? No, I just found myself rooting for something to go crazy on the sidelines to show a, a football field that should never have two teams on one sideline ever. It was close. There was no incident. Who cares? I, I'm just saying. He asked what I – no, I didn't I didn't watch it that way. I watched it waiting for an incident to happen. I hated watching that. I hate watching that game. Yeah. I mean, it, it looked like it was close to something popping off. But, yeah, I, I mean, it was a uh, – it was a game where offensively, Evan get, is getting sacked left and right. I think seven total sacks for Louisville. They, were, they are the best – 
sack team in the country. So you got to kind of know that coming in. But what's Sam saying here? Did they not play well or were they outmatched talent wise? A little bit of both. I mean, look, yeah. here's the thing. Um, you're missing your top six or seven pass catchers, whatever, however, four or five, six. Your top four wide receivers and, and your two tight ends. And you're playing a quarterback that's not a prolific passer to begin with. And a first-time play caller on top of that as well. And you have a defense that's ultra-aggressive. So you know what Louisville's defense or Louisville's game plan was? Early, just send everybody and, and make them do something. Like, I know a lot of people are pissed at the line. Like, if you go back and watch, I don't know how much more they could have even possibly done. It was eight on five mm -hmm. pretty much the whole game. Louisville right. had, you know, they were playing single high safeties, cover zero, eight in the box. <clears throat> and they were just saying, look, we're coming after you. Run, pass, doesn't matter, don't care. Yep. We're playing downhill. We're playing with our hair on fire. And if you can stop it, if you can go over the top of us, more power to you. But even on the touchdown drive, man, there was – two just miraculous throwing catches and right. you know another like it, it. talk thank you brother we uh we'll be all right man it's just uh when you're in the eye of the storm it never never feels as easy as it is but appreciate you um i i just like that's partially on Everything that happened, why Louisville could do that, but it's partially an acknowledgement from them that we don't think this guy can beat us with his arm. Right. And and we're just gonna send everybody. And if he can if he can circle around and backyard football loop de doop and and make 50 yard runs or whatever, um then we'll we'll deal with the consequences. But like Zach said, he can't throw the quick slants, he he doesn't have the timing or the accuracy to make and make a team pay for what Louisville was doing because right. when when they're sending that many guys, you got single coverage everywhere. Like even if it's contested, snap, step, throw, right, and and, and you have time to do that. But they it was ugly, man. U G L Y, you don't need no alibi. You ugly. You ugly. It was, I, you know, also for me was, was kind of a, you know, and, and Nate Letton, you got to tip your cap to him. That's a, that's a tall task being handed over such an aggressive defense coming at you and then trying to, you know, pick and pick and choose the right play calling and this, this, that, and the other. And I'm sure, you know, Cummings and Paige had, had their part helping out in the game plan as well. But, you know, I, the whole, yes, you want to get the ball out quickly, but I, I feel like the, the deepest pass they threw and it was probably because of the pass rush and, this, that, and the other, but I feel like the deepest pass they threw was that one to Blue Smith that was like a 15-yard pass. Uh, you know, never never once tried to just heave one long and, and let Drew Donnelly or someone try and run underneath it or anything like that. But, you know, it's just – it's tough. That was, a, that was a tough game because Louisville had all their good players defensively, just like Cincinnati did for the most part. Mm -hmm. So it was kind of a defense versus defensive game. And then if you're able to – to hit a couple of big plays. Cincinnati had a couple to Wyatt Fisher. And then Louisville's running backs had good games as well. So um, they hit more big plays. 
than Cincinnati did. And that's just how it is. You know, I, that, that's the way it turned out. But, you know, of course, yet again, we got to mention Ivan Pace. He, he is an animal. Um, just a guy that had 16 tackles, another quiet 16 tackle game. Forced that fumble on the mesh, had another sack. I, I mean, you know, I know that, and, and shout out to Justin Williams over at The Athletic. I don't know, Chad, what you've been hearing, but it talks about, and I'm sure it might just be an initial, you know, quick knee-jerk reaction right after the season. But um, if Ivan were to come back next season, he would be one one heck of a of a centerpiece on the defense heading into the Big 12. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, he's committed to play in a in a – in a senior bowl in a bowl game. Um, so he would have to back off of that uh, and, and kind of redirect or change course. Uh, so we'll see. Uh, obviously decision he's going to have to make, like, are you, are you ready to go for one more year here? Or are you ready to, to try your hand? Ryan is in Florida. No, I'm not in Florida. I'm uh, in Columbus. Ah, I was going to say, I thought that I thought that backdrop was was Florida. Oh, I wish. It's got with the sliding with the barn door. It, it does have a little like little Florida vibe. Florida, little Florida vacay vibe, a little bit. A little, little Florida Georgia line vibe down there, man. But uh, Ryan, we we're, we're kind of just rehashing the uh, You're muted. game, the right. game, um, obviously. So let's hear your thoughts, kind of. I. It was probably really hard for you to stomach watching that type of a game. Um, just so many weird things going into it. And then, of course, the, the product on the field being kind of weird as well. But kind of what were you thinking as as it was, a you know, four quarters of just kind of just very strange football? I think it's just a product of the environment of the situation going on with the program. Yeah. You got a lot of your best players not playing. You got just absolutely disorganization in the coaching staff. Not that those guys weren't prepared, but just when you lose like your main guys on offense and defense, calling the plays, making in-game adjustments, you know, you're gonna see you're gonna see some some major consequences. And that's what you saw on the field. Um, just shows that, you know, no program's invincible, even a program like ours, mm-hmm. when you really blow that shit up and and you really kind of just take out the heart. Um even with a guy like Kerry Combs, who's trying to implant that heart right back in, I think he did an absolute fantastic job. Um, it still shows that even with a guy like him, you can't you can't mend that. You can't mend the damage. Um, just shows just how important um, just how important the organization was that we had for for five to six years. How important that was because right right when that went away you just saw like a total a total kind of collapse of our bearcat way in terms of you know tackling stopping the run being able to run the ball just every you know every problem that we had all season just kind of got exploded i felt like oh but to be fair louisville had a lot of those things too ryan like they, they were dealing it wasn't yeah it wasn't like louisville had a stable situation and cincinnati's was unstable no, you're right. And it's kind of shocking that I was a little bit disgusted, to be quite frank, with how we kind of handled it compared to them. 
because if you look at our two programs, you know, I would take ours any single day. Um, but kind of seeing how they kind of just wanted it more and went out and took it from us that it's kind of hard to stomach. And it's just like, you know, it's just kind of embarrassing to see too, as a, as a player kind of see your program kind of hit rock bottom like that. Um, but they got it's time now it's time to rebuild it's time to go it's time to start the the Satterf- Satterfield era it's painfully to say sometimes but that's reality it yeah, looked I, like he had built a pretty good roster at least at Louisville yeah <laughs> <laughs> they look talented they do that i mean the defensive line and the the blitz the pressure lived up to the hype that's for sure i mean holy shit i mean evan was making as much plays as he could um evading that that rush but they were just every time back there more than any team really you you would say all season long but yeah it was just kind of just like the nail in the coffin just of the shit storm that's been what the past 3 weeks so yeah um so a lot of the 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 runs i want to kind of get like a tactical little bit of a breakdown that you what you were seeing a lot of their their big runs came on like a third and seven. I think they had like it was third and fourteen. The the one that they broke right before halftime. That kind of by I think was kind of the play of the game actually to give them the lead and really make things difficult heading into the uh, into the second half. But I, I mean, was it, it seemed like there was some motion, you know, pre snap motion that kind of threw the linebackers off a little bit and kind of opened up some gaps. You know, the stretch run is. Is something that uh, that Scott Satterfield is is known for. So I think, uh, I mean, what were you seeing in some of those big runs that Louisville had? Going back to the stretch, that's something that we kind of struggled with ECU um, two years ago. Um, but I felt like we got that corrected in a stretch run. I felt is something that kind of goes really well with our defense, especially this year. Kind of the destruction we've had up front. I think not having Corleone, that really hurts. I think stretch plays is plays where he can really make his money. That Those O-linemen trying to move sideways on him, that's not normally going to work out really well. Um, and it kind it's shocking because, you know, you got all three of the linebackers. Like there wasn't anyone missing in the linebacking core. Everyone played. Um, I don't know. I, I think it's just a big couple missed assignments. I think guy like, just them them making a play, making their blocks, and us not having enough destruction at the point of attack. I know, uh, Chad, you, you tweeted it. I thought you said it really well during the game, just destroying us at the point of attack offense. You got their ass kicked. Yeah, which is shot. Like, I don't know. Maybe, maybe like, I know Kerry Combs tried to, like, he put on a good, like, put on a good message. Like, let's be, like, we're, we're I don't know, maybe, maybe he wanted it more than, than the guys did um because you know you kind of you thought there's you felt like there's energy you know watching the play watching like uh the videos leading up to the game the guys i was talking to they were ready to go and i don't know maybe maybe when the ball hit ball hit the foot i think i don't know maybe the guys just didn't feel right and i don't know what it will i don't know exactly what it is i haven't gotten my uh personnel breakdown i normally get post game <laughs> i haven't I haven't gotten my call yet. I, I missed it this weekend. I was trying to get in touch with some of the guys. I couldn't get a hold of them. But I don't know. It just seemed like playing like with a broken heart 
out there, just offense and defense. I'm yeah, those big, run, those big runs just don't normally happen. You know, we've had problems with with like third and extra long in the past, but it's always been on passing plays, just like right. this, like uh, finding the holes in the zone or just like missing the ball on like a jump ball, but you know, never like 15, 20, like explosive run plays. Right. Like that's, I don't know. I, I don't, I, I didn't see like a, like a, a distinct, like, Oh, that's the exact problem. I think just, it's a comp. I think it's just the total, total, just, disorganization just going on with the program question ryan do you think something maybe we didn't consider is louisville having added motivation because their coach left them for cincinnati yeah i think that it i mean you know that's kind of like you want to you want to say hey kind of like you should what do, what do you think you're just gonna leave us and just go there and it's gonna be that much better like you want something to prove whereas we like we don't we didn't have that kind of anger you could say that kind of frustration to play for um that is i i do think there is some merit to that point but i don't know because it's just shocking because we had a like a lot of like the uh the strength staff i'm pretty sure the whole strength staff was there besides brady and you know those are big like culture brady guys. Was there. brady was there yeah he oh, stayed okay. on through the bowl game oh that's good i like that yeah. but I don't know. It just it just kind of it's shocking, you know. Sometimes just to watch that, yeah, just kind of like I think maybe just a lot of things kind of caught up to the guys, and maybe they just it was hard to play through all that shit, and uh, it's hard to coach through that shit too. I know I kind of right. I kind of alluded to it earlier, but we have guys that yeah, they're they've been assistants, but we're talking about like now they're the main play callers, the main in game adjustment guys when normally they're supplemental. They're not like up up in the thick of it, like making all the major decisions and calling all the shots. So that I mean, we got to remember, like that's that you know, it's guys going out there playing ball, but it just shows how important like a good coaching staff is. You know, losing basically the 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 three headed dragon on the defense is gone. Mm-hmm. No one like Fick, Tressel, Hishler, like that's like majority of the defense of play calling and adjustments and Gino and um, Mike Brown, like those guys are like, you could call the two doubles. The main duo for the offense, you don't have those right. guys. You're going to get like, if Louisville sees some, they're going to expose some. We're not going to be able to adjust as well as we are in the past. Well, and, and another thing is like on, on all that pressure that they were bringing, you know, we'd mentioned the, the pass catchers that that weren't available, obviously, but also Josh Wiley and and Lenny T. They're they're pretty good blockers as well, and you know, I'm sure they they probably would have been able to, to to stay in and help out on some of the pass rush or even you know provide a big chip or something. But it just seemed like man, that was every single play was just balls to the wall, go as hard as you can, and yeah, you know, trying trying to get to Evan. So it was a that was yeah. a tough. I ex- I expected the offense to have I was expecting the offense to have like a tough time. I didn't expect the defense to have as tough of a time as they did cuz I think there's a lot of leaders on that defense and guys who know the scheme, they know how to adjust in game. I was expecting like yeah, they weren't going to be tip top shape. Just, it's just hard when your offense can't get a first down, man. I know. It just Evan I I mean, I liked what Evan did with his feet, but just like just shows like the like why he wasn't 
the guy to begin with when it comes to just passing game is just completely handicapped on top of not having his best route runners and catchers. And it just, it was like the, I feel bad for him because it's like going up, going up against like one of the best rushing D lines in the country when our O line has had problems with that all year long. Right. We never had a run game really all year. So it's basically like, all right, buddy, we're feeding you to the dogs. You don't have it. You're Tyler Scott. You don't have Wiley, Lenny, you don't have Trey. You don't have basically your best players on offense. Like, go get go get hit basically every time you drop back. So yeah. I know that's a hard job by him, but and mixing that with his slow release time, like that's just asking for problems, and that's exactly what we got. So yeah. it was right. tough, tough to watch. Uh, Aaron, what, what were your thoughts on when, you know, third quarter starts up and a, another good kick return by Drew Donnelly uh, puts him in pretty solid field position to begin with. And then Brady Lichtenberg trots out for the uh, for the Bearcats at, at quarterback, and, and three plays later, it's a it's a fumble, and and kind of it, do we do we think that was kind of a try to you know give a different look or nothing was working. You try to find a spark somewhere, right? I yeah. I get why they did it. Um, I did laugh because I believe Dave had tweeted out earlier. Can we just put a real quarterback out there uh, at or or something along those lines? I'm just like. Jesus. Um, but <laughs> but all in all, I mean, there I think it was just trying to get a spark going. Um, I, I don't think it was I don't think it was a bad move. I don't think it was a good move. I think it was just a move. You're you're just trying to find something, anything at that point. And unfortunately, it didn't go well at all. Um, yeah. quite quite the opposite, actually. Well, I mean, it's the same thing as Ryan was just mentioning it. You know, you're you're without all your pass catchers, you're Facing a a crazy pass rush, and the the first meaningful snaps that Brady gets is when you are put in that situation. I don't know. It was a hard time because because Brady had some really good practices leading up, you know, in, in fall camp and you know in spring yeah. ball as well. So it was just it was interesting at that time where I felt like you know what you you go out in the third quarter, you score a touchdown there, you're back within seven, and the rest of the game is kind of, you know, up in the air. But I think that was just a just an interesting time to to kind of roll the dice when you get a good kickoff return by Drew Donnelly. So I don't know. Uh Ryan, Bryce Burton, did you did you holler at him about his his kickoffs? Oh, uh, I was, I was solid boots. I was going nuts for the opening kickoff, and of course I was going nuts for the Wyatt Fisher Fisher touchdown. I don't know if you guys talked about that. Um, but it was funny because I was I was in the bathroom. President of the Wyatt Fisher fan club have been since circa 2018. Yeah. Wyatt's a dog, man. I think he kind of got hosed throughout the years and getting, getting what he deserved sometimes, but you know, it just comes to show that it can pay off and it will, if you put in your time, it just gave me like big, like when I saw him like throw his arms up, he kind of looked like he just lost control. I was like, I don't know what to do with my arms, little Ricky Bobby. <laughs> it just reminded me of when of myself, like when you block when I blocked the punt like that. You just like that moment where everything you worked for like led up to that one that one time and then it happens. And you're just like, holy shit. Like I don't <laughs> you don't even yeah. know what to do. You kind what of do I just, do? you just go crazy, man. I'm so happy for him. He uh he did, I missed it though. I was in the bathroom and all like I was with a some some of my friends watching the game, and they all know Wyatt. Like my friends are friends with like a bunch of the guys on the team, and 
I just hear Wyatt, Wyatt Fisher touchdown. Like I like, rushed <laughs> in there as fast as I can. I'm like, we're all just like going nuts. Couldn't believe it. But man, Anna, we were proud of Bert. Bert doing doing the job, getting the ball in the end zone. So he was calling me because I know he's trying to say, hey, did you see those kickoffs? He loves always <laughs> calling me to just chop it about the game and how he does. So I got to get a hold of him, get a get some scoop from him. God damn. God damn. Well, the second half was was weird. Um, we don't have to dive in too much for it. I mean, I, whenever you're 0 for 6, zero completions in the second half, two sacks, uh, you know, and, and even when they got that fumble deep in their own territory, they went three straight runs. I I know it's kind of desperation time, but I, I want to see them kind of just take a shot, try and get something going. But I don't know. Either, either way you slice it, it was a tough game. Hard for everyone coming into it. Uh, Twenty-four to seven. Kaganeo stays with Louisville, uh, but that does bring an end to the uh, to the season. I don't know. If we, should we timestamp this and then do a quick rehash of of twenty twenty two favorite moments and whatnot? Oh uh, yeah, give me a second. Ryan, quick paper more? supply. Quick paper supply. Your locally and family owned restaurant supply company. For all your non-food products, Quick Paper services over 1,500 or 150 restaurants with weekly low-minimum next-day deliveries, providing a wide range of food service products from to-go containers, cups, custom-printed products, eco-friendly, and much more. They also have cleaning and restroom supplies for all your janitorial needs. Call Nick, 513-470-2029. Reference Bearcats, get 20% off your first month of purchases. There we go. Bowl game in the books, nine and four season. Twenty twenty two comes to a close, as Aaron was saying earlier. McFickle era is officially book shut. Uh, time for. I, a, I think this is. Do you guys want to play my game? Let's play your game. What I posted on Twitter last night. Did you guys see it? Has everybody seen it? I didn't see it. Can I get a little refresh? Okay. Six seasons, generally. That's about the life of a lot of the, the great TV shows, or it's somewhere in the realm of the yep. life of the great TV shows. Sopranos, six seasons. Oh, So what TV series would you liken to, or would you would you say the Luke Fickle era most resembled? So we, we have to come up with some – we have to agree on some guidelines, right? So one start slow has to be a first season that kind of built. That's why I rule out Sopranos, Ryan. I know. The first season of the Sopranos came in hot. Yep. Hot I gangster know. shit, killing people. Like the first <laughs> season of the Sopranos was hot. Yep. There's a lot of other places that the Sopranos kind of does mm-hmm. mirror this, but I think that first season kind of rules the Sopranos out because it. That that like uh like example would be the one that's been thrown at me the most is is Thrones. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say I haven't that's seen it, answer. but I hear like the overview of like how it progresses, and that was gonna be my guess. The first season was a lot of character development, right? Yeah. Kobe Bryant, uh, uh, Derek, Derek Forrest, Forrest Mike Desmond Warren. Ritter. Mike Warren, Desmond Ritter, and all the stories of how he was becoming a leader, even though he was in his red shirt year, like he had that personality that people mm-hmm. were drawn to him. 
Mm-hmm. So slow burn first season, picks up steam in season two, seasons four and five were the goats, right? Season six always had a weird vibe to it. Yeah. Why? Maybe potentially because the faces were different, the names were different. You were there were a lot of new characters in season six. So that makes it a, a little tough because you know there's not many shows that are gonna I've got one, and the one I've got. I think Ryan's going to be mad at me for this comparison. You think I am going to be mad? I think you're going to be mad at me for this comparison. Well, not the comparison, but what I say as to why I'm about to say what I'm about to say. Let's hear it. But and then and then uh, and then kind of a, a fall off a cliff ending that left nobody happy. Which out there's very few shows that have left anybody great shows that have had that series finale where everybody was like, "That was awesome." Usually, it's like. Yeah. Why? Because much like having a six-year career like Luke Fickle did, or pretty much leaving, ending is hard. It's There's no easy way to end. Mm-hmm. And most shows have a bad, like not a, necessarily all shows have a bad finale, but most shows have a finale that leave their fans like, what, what the hell was that? Here's one that's interesting. Can I guess it? Sure. Lost. No, I'll let you make the case for Lost. I did not watch Lost, but Lost. A lot of people have brought up Lost. The Office. Ooh, I was wondering if you're going to go with that. That's a yeah, show I see. But there's only one way The Office works, Ryan. Steve Carell. Yep. He but came... what happened in The Office in the last two seasons? He came back. He left. He left. So that means that somebody other than Luke Fickle has to be the star of this show if we're comparing The Office to the Luke didn't, Fickle era in Cincinnati. Didn't he come back at the end? At the very end, yes, but he left for like almost two seasons. I'm just saying, he came back. Did he just come back for one episode, right? Yeah, the last episode, right? Yeah, yeah I'm pretty sure. That means Dez is Michael Scott. And not Luke Fickle. And this is this is this is where you're going to get mad at me. What if I said the record fourteen and thirteen? What would that mean to you, Ryan? Not fourteen wins, thirteen losses. Terrible. (laughs) What do you think that represents? Without Dez. Luke Fickle's record at Cincinnati sands Desmond Ritter. If you add the Memphis game in 2019, hmm. 14 and 13. So maybe Des is Michael Scott. <laughs> is he going to come back for one episode? <laughs> he, well, I mean, he came back like he came back this year, right? Mm-hmm. Him and Sauce showed up and got the crowd all fired up and lit up the house. But like, if you're going to do The Office, it has to be with Dez as the star because Dez left and the show fell off a little bit. It's true. I mean, yeah, I, I think this season, if you, it kind of goes right into 
this seat like this season had all the potential of not being a fall off. I'm telling you, it was like, yeah, Coach Fick probably would have left. Like 98% chance he would have left still. Sure. Mm-hmm. But I think you're a couple plays away and a couple games from being right back in Dallas and being conference champions, but just not the way the cookie crumbled. And I don't think like I don't think this season was a full on failure. I think just shit caught up to us a couple times. I think our luck ran out and then it all just comes crumbling down with fickle leaving. So, I mean, I don't. But I, yeah, but it, I mean, it is what it is. Like it was, yeah. a, it was a, it was a, it was a, a, a closing season. Yeah, a final season with a lot of promise. That's where Thrones, I think. That's why it's like, Game of Thrones. I, yeah. I mean, that's the correct answer because it, it was kind of a uh, like like the build up. You know, the first couple of seasons, you're kind of like, okay, so these were based off books. Okay, so Luke Fickle is based off of what was what was built at Ohio State for as long as he was there, and and so you're, I hear a lot of good things about these books. I hear a lot of good things about Luke Fickle, and then all of a sudden you you slowly you're like, oh wow, there's gonna be dragons involved, and oh wow, there's gonna be <laughs> a really good quarterback and a really good a handful of really good defensive players as well involved. You know, it, it, so yeah, I think uh, and then that final season, it's like there's some good episodes. Just like it, it, you know, it's it's weird, Chad, because you threw out that record as well. I'm gonna throw out another record for you. So so they finished nine and four this year. Mm-hmm. The the combined record of all the wins, all the teams that they beat, the combined record is 37 and 61 out of those teams. And and only, they were a lot of close games. And only two two of those teams had a winning record at the end of the year. Uh mm-hmm. SMU and ECU. So it's mm-hmm. it's just how and and I'm on Royer's side because one defensive stop they beat Tulane and they all of a sudden you know one deep one defensive stop they beat UCF and all of a sudden there we are back at the Cotton Bowl we're we're talking about revving up to play you know whoever there instead instead now here we are talking about this but yeah I think the answer is is definitely uh, Game of Thrones loss as well because the ending was like. It was like they like kind of threw everything yeah. together, and they were like, "All right, uh, it's just going to be this," and then boom, everyone, is, everyone died. I guess, but like it's it's a little slightly different because we knew this year wasn't going to be like last year. We right. didn't. We knew we we weren't like play, we weren't like all right playoff. Like we we can make a run. It was yeah. like let's see if we can still make a run at the conference. But we knew we didn't. We knew we didn't <laughs> have the quality. Whereas like Thrones was like. We had that expectation that this final season could be amazing, perfect. That's what we want. Mm-hmm. But, but no, it is. It does line up. Should the season? Should the series have ended last year? Like that's what happened. Like that's what happened, right? It, it went one year too long. I mean, if you write the perfect movie, if we got like Scorsese, like. <laughs> Directing our our little like even <laughs> even when they lost in the Cotton Bowl to mighty Alabama scene yeah right like that right you could have just made scene after houston just like uh, <laughs> there's the 30 for 30 and then it just flashes across the screen loses 27 6 or or that's, no that's <laughs> the epilogue 
Or yeah. or it could just be like them running out onto the field at the at the Cotton Bowl and then yeah, and just like, no coverage of the game. Looks so, like we made it. <laughs> Everyone had fun. <laughs> Aaron, I am interested to hear your pick on the TV show. I'm I'm agreeing with all the all the cases being made for Game of Thrones. I, I think that's that's probably I don't know how that didn't even cross my mind um, before it was brought up. So well, um, because no, even I, like. Evan Prater was supposed to be, you know, the the number one recruit in program history and just carry the torch that Des had this entire time. Then all of a sudden, you know, Ben transfers back in and you're kind of like, okay, interesting. This is a well, and you look at all the plans. You look in, in the last season of Thrones when everyone's died off and everybody here had got injured and everything. I mean, I, I feel like the comparisons are just way too easy to draw to Game of Thrones and how everything went up in flames. Mm-hmm. So Seinfeld being another one that a lot of people mentioned. Um, talk to somebody about, like, I can't talk to Justin about it. Justin thinks every episode of Seinfeld is perfect, so he doesn't count. <laughs> but, like, the, like the, the people that quote Seinfeld, nobody quotes re- other than yada, yada, yada. Nobody quotes anything from the last season of Seinfeld. And then that last episode when they're in the jail, whatever, eh, like, it was, like, anticlimactic. Um, the other problem with Seinfeld is it's the same four characters the entire time. And that means like it, it can't like you can't have a Marcus Freeman because, you know, Freeman yeah. doesn't get killed off before the final season. <laughs> like, you know, like it just uh, two seasons. You know, Freeman would probably there'd probably be a Game of Thrones character that got killed off in like a season finale. Yeah, he like, betrays what, the nine kingdom. Yeah, and then you go yeah. and just chop his head off. <laughs> That's the Notre Dame game yeah. in the in the penultimate season, right? And then like, you just you're like slicing off Chad Bowden's head as you kill Freeman, right? Right. <laughs> like you have to kill Chad and, to get to to get yeah. to Marcus, and like and the little henchman, you just Ned stab Stark. him right in the gut. Lawrence Metz is uh, is Hodor, you know? And, <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> then, well, of course. I, you know. So, so who's the Night King? It's got to be Wisconsin's AD, right? <laughs> he looks like a Night King. He just but, looks like a creepy guy. But you know, the, the, the North wasn't all wasn't shit, really. Yeah. Like, yeah, I don't know. Uh, lost. Let's hear Lost. I, I, I've been interested to hear the case for Lost. I, you know, it, it was. It's kind of the same as Thrones, where you have like so much. Uh, mystery heading into it you know uh you just abandoned on an island with so many weird things happening and you know unknown you know who are the characters what are they doing kind of exactly like thrones and then you you start to ride on this roller coaster and you get to know each character is a little bit more each episode each episode they kind of have their own little stories like you know you get to know sauce gardner you get to know a little bit more about him you know kobe bryant a little bit more about him desmond redder jerome ford comes in you find out a little bit more about him and then, like, things start to get a little weird, and, and, and you're like, okay, well, maybe that was, you know, Fickle talking to Michigan State and turning turning them down. And, and you know, then mentioning – just having his name mentioned around job after job. And then the final season, they kind of seemed like they were just – were like, oh, shoot, how are we going to end this? And that kind of maybe was what this season was, you know, Fickle trying to say, okay, how are, how are we going to end this? And – 
it's going to be after lost and then we're going to find out that everyone was was dead from the beginning or whatever it was the <laughs> yeah. the weird twist that that happened at the end but yeah i don't know it's a i'm rolling with thrones in that scenario there's no doubt um ryan who who are you in thrones who's ryan royer i don't i haven't watched it so i don't know <laughs> i'll give him, i'll give him john snow i could see john snow for royer <laughs> I feel like that's too big of a character. That is a big character. You were Mr. <laughs> fucking Bearcat, sir. Is he the guy who gives the coin to the girl with no face? Or no name or whatever her whatever the I don't remember. I mean he's while. the guy that, that kissed his sister or, or whatever oh, she was. Jesus. And, then, <laughs> no. and then and then killed her. So John Snow. Do I don't know if her. I want to be that guy. Probably. I love my uh, sister. Probably. I don't want to kill her. Brand? Brand, yeah. Well, Brand, who who is Brand? That's going to be the guy that tells the stories for forever. Maybe that's that's maybe Chad. that is Royer. Well, yeah, maybe, <laughs> maybe. Uh, Jerome Ford is Tyron. Tyron notably transferred from a Lannister to a team Targaryen. Tyrion, yeah, yeah. But yeah, Tyrion, Tyrion was in the right. most episodes ever of Game of Thrones, and and Ford was only in a, like a couple, so. Well then, then who's 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 Tyrion? Kobe? Joel DeBlanco. <laughs> Joel DeBlanco. Kobe. Yeah. Curtis Brooks. All the who's six guys. Jabari. 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 Will he? Huber. Huber had a couple different roles, like couple different. Yeah. Like he bounced, like you know. All right, I don't. I don't want to get too boring with this, but <laughs> <laughs> I just thought it was a fun idea that popped no, up in my yeah. head last it night. It is fun. You know, you gotta you gotta open up the can of worms and figure how it out. How I met your mother? What about how I met your mother? Never seen it. I know. I haven't seen a I'm a big movie guy. I'm not a big TV guy. I don't watch I haven't watched a lot of shows. Aaron, you don't like how I met your mother? You Shook your head, or you just—it's not enough characters, up. not enough characters, and I got—I got bored with it and turned it off. I never finished it. <laughs> but uh, I guess the uh, next question is, you know, what uh, what's going to be the one memory from from twenty twenty two season that that you kind of will uh, kind of look back and you know push away? There's the only memory. one memory of this season. Okay, ready, Pete Thamel. Luke Vickle is in conversations Jesus with Wisconsin. Christ. Like that's yes. That's <laughs> ten. Look, say what you will. Ten yeah. years from now, that's all anybody. When they talk about the Luke Vickle era, it is essentially going to end at the Cotton Bowl, and the conversation of this year will only be he left for Wisconsin. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ouch. And then, and then, walrus's money, man. And then, in a in a weird way, Thrifty Walrus, Ryan Coe, who did really well, you know, the Night King kind of came out and, and made his made his big piece, and then he rides off to North Carolina, is where Ryan Coe just committed, and yep. their colors kind of look like the Night King a little bit. So, <laughs> but uh, I'd but yeah, I'd compare him to the to the servant who ended up going back to his kingdom after he had his uh. Mishap. Okay. I, I'm trying to think who that was, but um, Aaron, what's it, it, yes, the Luke Fickles thing will be something that everyone's going to remember. But 
for for you, what's uh, what's one not Luke Fickle that uh, that you'll think about this 2022 season and and come back and think about? Um, every game I traveled to this year, I, I think we lost. <laughs> so hmm. there's that. Arkansas so, and UCF. <laughs> Arkansas and UCF. Yeah. Sad there but is, true. There, I mean, if we're talking like on field stuff. There is a, one other obvious answer as yeah. to what you'll remember from the season. And it's First my answer. All-American, Ivan Pace. Ivan Pace, yeah. Like, Tyler, Tyler Scott had a hell of a year, too. Yeah, unanimous first-team All-American, yeah. finalist for, for National Defensive Player of the Year, finalist for Linebacker of the Year, a kid that wanted to play here. Coming home party, yeah. Didn't get the chance out of high school, had to go prove it at Miami, came back home. 16 tackles in the bowl game. Like, that's the lat for me. That's the one. It'll be the Ivan Pace year uh, right. in my brain when I think about this year. I agree. Um, Brian, anything got? stick out? I've, Ivan, Corleone, they stick out a lot to me. Just like yeah. that defensive dominance, statistical dominance. Uh, there's not like a, a big moment that I can think of that's positive. I mean, I, I it, the big moment that always keeps coming back to my memory is the fucking touchdown versus UCF that we let in. Like, we got our ass beat versus Tulane, but like, just watching, like, watching them score, I was like, I was like, and I, that was like the first time I was like, we just like that. The Bearcat luck is is over, like it's gone. Because it was like we scored. I was like, holy shit, we're gonna pull it out again. And I'm like, so confident, like no way in hell they might maybe maybe they get lucky and get a field goal. No way they score a touchdown. And I I just think about that. I've been thinking about it like all the time, just since whenever I think of the season. And obviously, Chad, when it was like a freaking like. Where were you moment when when that when that when that tweet dropped? Like I was like, I saw a tweet. And I was like, I was like, well, it's over. Like this is we are screwed. <laughs> Gosh, I mean, I mean that was nuts. I I mean, I, I, mean I, I almost immediately after the Thamel tweet, I got a text from somebody in the industry that I trust explicitly that was basically like he's got like he's gone, like not not like. They're in, you know, this is the start of the process. Like, this is the end of the process. He's gone and it'll be done today. Like, what the fuck just happened? Two yeah. other fun memories, though, would be Dante Corleone's skyline order. Yeah. That might go down in history yeah. as one of the craziest <laughs> things to come out of the program. Um, what was it again? Well, like six Chad's got a memory. Seven Chilitos with French fries. What? A side of fries. No. Seven Chilitos with French fries inside of them. No, but and, I think he had the extra fries also. Well, no, he just, seven, like, so, and they all so have the way fries that they do, So the way that they do it when you do this, you get an order of fries, and then they just take some of those fries from your order, put them in the Chilitos, and you get the rest of the fries. And he had seven of those. Seven Chilitos with French fries, plus the extra fries, plus a large three-way. Oh, my God. Plus a large three-way, string cheese, and something else. 
String cheese? Yeah, I guess in the kids' meal at, at Skyline, they have string cheese. So Dante liked string cheese. So he would just get string cheese with his order. And then there was something else. It might have been like a couple conings or something at the end of it. Here's, <laughs> here's, here's the uh, Corleone exact quote. He says, back in the day before when I was 350 pounds, <laughs> I was eating seven Cholitos with French fries in them. Gotta have a string cheese, too. Then on the side, I would have a large three-way with some chili cheese fries right after the high school fries game. How, who side. has ever gotten a three-way, a large three-way on the side of anything? Who has ever gotten that many fries in their life? <laughs> <laughs> Holy so, shit. That is the so most I, fry consumption I've ever heard of. He's like a fry god. <laughs> so I, I was I did a high school football show on Friday nights uh, on fifteen thirty earlier, uh-huh. and it, it, towards the end of the season we had uh, Tom Bolden on. Okay, and I asked Bolden about the, the Corleone order if he was aware of the Corleone order, and he was like aware of it. Don't you realize that almost every week I had to pay for it? <laughs> so Tom was taking him to Gold Star. <laughs> Skyline. And buying him that order after games. Skyline, we're Skyline why? <laughs> why just to beat Probably him because up? he was a monster. Like, <laughs> he how? What was his like weight progression? Because he wasn't like. Did he like? I don't remember because I remember hearing about him when he was a junior. He was that big, like he was always that big. Three fifty. Like yeah, over three hundred. He was yeah. <laughs> The other good memory I wanted to bring up, though, was also uh, the Dana Beers visit and commitment. Oh, yeah, that was good. Shout out, Beers. Friend of the show, Dana Beers. Wow. At, they, they listed Dante in his high school profile as 6'2", 295. Liars. Neither of those things. 5'11", <laughs> 350. Uh, <laughs> I mean, the coolest thing about, about Dante, though, is that he is becoming a rock for this yeah. transition, um, him and like Mason Fletcher, I see Justin Watley saying a lot of things. Seems like Chris Scott's kind of saying some things, you know. I, and you need, yeah, Shaman is is really hopping on. You need those those guys to kind of make that make that transition happen. And, and no better person than the highest rated defensive player in the country, Dante Corleone. Uh, so it's funny you mention that. My my friend today is like, wait. Because he knows Corleone, like they've like chopped it up a couple times. Like right. you're telling me Dante Corleone's the best defensive player in the country. Highest rated. <laughs> yeah. It's crazy. Because it's just so baffling. Just like came out of nowhere. Not only did he have like just like, oh, like he like played like he played way better than we thought we were gonna play. He played better than everyone in the country. That's Sorry. like insane. I, he I mean, he is dominant. <laughs> I mean. It's the under- wild thing was going into camp, we thought Damo, Dominique Perry, <laughs> was going to be the backup to Briggs, and we got through about three days of camp, and it was like, what is happening? <laughs> because Corleone is just, and that was Jake was playing. Yeah, like Corleone was just eating Jake alive at times, and it was like, am I really seeing this? Yeah, I said it earlier in the year. I was like, I just want to. I wish I could just put the pads on and just like line up in front of him, just to like. Just to get the experience of the ass beating, just to know what it feels like. <laughs> just try one, one pass pro. 
Yeah, just try <laughs> to survive. <laughs> like moving a refrigerator. Like going yeah, that's like, with Tyson. That's what uh, that's what Renfro said was was that. It, yeah, because I, I remember at that afterwards at Camp Ground, he said, "Imagine, imagine trying to move a refrigerator. That's what it's like going up against Corleone." <laughs> that's so, hilarious. And the refrigerator's not on wheels either. <laughs> it's it's bolted to the ground. It is bolted. Uh, but yeah, yeah, couple, couple really good moments. I think also that you know, offensively, it was kind of the year of the splash play. Uh, Aaron loves that word splash. Uh, so yeah, it, it it seemed like in the number one indicator of that was the ECU game where literally they did nothing outside of three splash plays, and you know, the kickoff return. The long Tyler Scott touchdown, the long Trey Tucker touchdown. So it, it, it seemed like a lot of the season was was built on just a couple of really big hit plays, and, you know, it, it made it happen. So I'm excited for the future, though, and let's let's talk about the future. If we want to go ahead and stamp this, a little, little time stamp. This is the uh, 2022 a year in, uh, in Rewind. Quick Paper Supply provides mostly disposable restaurant supplies, so products like to-go containers, cups, pizza boxes, to-go bags, cat liners, can liners, cat line, can liners, napkins, etc. They've been open since 2009 and are one of the largest minority-owned companies in the city. Call Nick, 513-470-2029 and reference Bearcats for 20% off your first month of purchases. So signing day on Wednesday, uh, 10 commitments listed right now for- uh, I thought we were class. gonna talk about the future. Are we talking about that like next week or something? Oh no, this this is the future. Okay. Um, this is, okay, we're in recruiting. This is a different oh, part of the future. Well, I, I'm just kind of mentioning like new pieces mixing with, with old ones. Yeah, I was gonna mention, okay. uh, you know, the commitment today with from Trevor Rodosevich. I think I'm saying that right. Uh, Interior offensive lineman. I imagine he's going to come in and play center. Um, That'd be my guess. Yeah, it has a lot of, a lot of experience there. Kind of experience all over the line, but uh, it's it's good bringing him in. Obviously, Luke Kandra is another name from uh, from Elder transfer from Louisville. Uh, but hey, it's it's going to be interesting to see what's built because the future is here. It's the Big Twelve. It's right in line. Um, I guess we'll, we'll go around the circle. What's what's the the most important thing you think within the next month? Is it is is it making a killer splash in 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 a in a hiring? You know, one of the final you know coaching spots. Is it is it making some big splashes on in the transfer portal? Is it you know retaining some of the players that are currently on the team? Maybe thinking about hopping in the portal or or you know staying or going. What uh, what would you say is a singular thing, Ryan? We'll start with you. We'll we'll work it around. I think you got to retain a big core of the guys because those guys are what's going to keep this as put together as it possibly can be. Got to have, you got to like maintain culture and stability as much as possible. And whoever you can bring in, because you could bring in some good transfers, but if you have a shit show going on and you don't have a good stable culture still in place from guys who've been a part of the program, like, doesn't matter how good those guys are. They're not going to be able to maximize their potential, and we won't be able to maximize our potential as a team. So I think it's keeping the core, keeping the core involved in decisions and keeping everyone on the same page and maintaining the culture. Aaron? 
think you need to really build this staff out. Um, right now, you definitely have some holes, and the the better hires that you can make in, in those holes uh, and improve there, obviously it's going to make a, a huge difference, not just for this next season, but for the tenure of them being here. Um, so I think that that has to be a focal point and it's going to, if you write, if you make the right hire, it should pay off for years in dividends. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Big assistant pool. Uh, that's, uh, that was one of the main things in, in Satterfield's mm -hmm. contract. So uh, time to, time to try and try and roll, roll the dice and maybe find a really good offensive coordinator or, you know, someone to, to stick next to Satterfield and get things rolling there. Chad, what's, uh, what's, what's, the main thing or, or couple that you think is the most important, if you will. Okay, get better players, man. Especially with, with the losses they've had. Um, not just last, like this year, but like when you couple what was lost last year, along with the rest of the top of your roster leaving this year, like that was what was on display Saturday. Like it, it was the culmination of they were never fully able to replace what was lost last year. And then all of those supporting parts that became top of the roster guys this year, most of that is wiped out. You know, now maybe hopefully they do figure out a way to to talk Ivan into coming back or, you know, a Malik Van decision or a Jawan Briggs decision. Stuff like that can can enhance the roster from now last year or for, for next year. But they're going to have to get into this portal, roll up their sleeves and, and make some shit happen because you're going into a big 12 that, you know, ready or not right now, I think it's hard to say this isn't one of the bottom three rosters in that conference right now because of everything that's happened. It, it wasn't supposed to be like that, but we're going to have to be honest with ourselves right now. That's what we're looking at. They just played a middle-of-the-road ACC team that got their ass kicked by Kentucky and they got dominated. It sucks to say, like, it sucks to be having that conversation right now, but that's the conversation we need to have because they're going to have to go and find a way to upgrade the talent fairly significantly as we go into the spring and then again, when that portal window opens after spring practice, they're going to have to make honest assessments of what they've got and go out and improve the roster even more in the spring when that second transfer portal window hits. Yeah, it's not just, an easy task because yeah. everybody's looking to do that. Yeah, it shows it shows how big of a hole there is for talent, like how much has really been lost. So there's a lot of room for it. you got to pick the right guys because, I mean, if you – I think if we have Ben and we have our our full team, you got Fickle, the same team we had during the year. I think we beat that we beat Louisville by three touchdowns. And I think we had the team we had last year and the year before. We beat them by five, and that just shows how much of a drop off there's been. And you're right, how urgent it is that you need to fill those holes now because you don't want to dig yourself in a hole. Look what happened. Look what's happened with Rutgers, and look what's happened with. With Maryland, I mean, they kind of had, yeah. Just you, you jump into a new conference and, and you lose. Like you're not, you're not going to get the good recruits. 
You're not going to have momentum. You're just going to get stuck. You're going to be in quicksand. So you got to, you got to, like you said, the time is now. Cause if, if it's not now, then you're going to be in some big trouble for multiple years. No position should be safe. Yeah. Not at this point. Unless you're not Corley. Oh, no tackle. <laughs> yeah. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree with all of those. Uh, you know, the, the coaching staff aspect, I don't know how important that is right away. I, I think you can kind of roll because because I imagine the, the OC spot and, and some other coaching spots are people that are still maybe, you know, coaching at the certain location they are right now. Or maybe it's something that they're continuing a broader search while they get the recruiting going right away. Um, Chelsea's asking about Walt Stewart. I I'm sure that'd be a name to to hopefully hold on to. Uh, you know, it's just a continuation there, but who knows? I, I think the reports on Walt are probably accurate. Let's just leave it at that. There we go. Um, what are the reports? I haven't seen. Any. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you later. <laughs> but yeah, no, I. I agree with, with, with all those sentiments, um, mainly because uh, – so in basketball, you can you can quick fix things through the portal. Um, you can also have it blow up in your face, but that's a small roster. And in football, you, you do need that core, and then adding on top of that, maybe, you know, more of a filling holes type of thing, if you will. So yeah. Well, like, look at the wide receiver room, right? Like, you need yeah. 10, 12 guys to right. really feel good about a wide receiver room. They, I don't know if they could play a game like they. I don't think they could be one team in a right. pickup basketball game right now. Like, you know, that you're 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 decimated in a Wyatt. group that. Yeah, I, I mean, we lose. I Wyatt. think that's it for him, isn't it? Yep. So right off into the sunset. What right a way to go way. out. Yeah. <laughs> um. But you know, you, you blue apparently is going to be back if he's got that opportunity. Uh, you've got Will Pauling, you've got Drew Donnelly, you've got uh, the two freshmen, Quincy Burroughs and Marcus Peterson. But there ain't a whole lot else in that room right now, and not a lot of balls caught in that room at all. <laughs> they always talk about like in spring, it's tough because like your, your quarterback numbers are generally low in the spring. Who are you going to throw to? Who's going to throw it? Who's going to catch it? Yeah. Ben, Ben's not even going to be ready for spring. They're just running wildcat in the spring. Yeah. Who, they have, they have Lichty and Evan. If Evan stays, we'll see where those decisions go. Yeah. Like, is, is Brady early enrolling? Do you know? Drogosh? Yes. Okay. Yeah. That's a smart move by him. Yeah. I mean, I he might be QB one, QB two, like yeah. I mean, <laughs> that's gonna be big. We need to get a trans we need to get a transfer quarterback. They had Emory Jones from the, the former Florida, Florida, former Arizona State uh quarterback was here over the weekend. Um, I, I don't I, I don't want a guy like that. He's he's going on his third team that never look at JT Daniels. <laughs> yeah, but this is a guy that also dealt with like coaching changes have been yeah have kind true. of followed him. Um, it's just never it's just never a good sign to get a guy on his third tour. 
It's never, in my opinion. Um, but you know, I mean, he got beat out of Florida. Yeah, but he he had a decent career. He didn't have yeah, a bad. He career wasn't bad. He wasn't bad. Um, I I just think Arizona bad, State, man. like he made a bad a bad choice in yeah. going to Arizona State. I mean, Arizona State it was just a, a dumpster fire. Yeah. In the early part of the year, they they were able to kind of rally the troops a little bit, but still, it's kind of what's Tate Martell up to these days. <laughs> <laughs> Talking about on your team on your millions. fifth, yeah. Uh. <laughs> Talk about on your fifth team. He's, <coughs> sheesh. Um, yeah, I, yeah. Ben transferred twice, and you like him, Ryan. Well, he came back. No, that's, no, that's two it. transfers. Guy <laughs> on his third school. All right, you got me. You got me. <laughs> I'll shut. I'll shut the hell up. <laughs> I've seen a lot of John people say. Noble nailed it. There we go. Seeing see an O line as well, uh, yeah. And I think they're they're making a big effort for that already. Yeah, and that's a that's the two additions in the portal so far, both alignment. Um, and just yeah, just try and build that, especially because if you bring a center in that can push Gerhard out to guard and just kind of the trickle effect that leads after that. You know, you have a good baseline, and you can just keep on adding and, and seeing what works best. And and that new uh, the new offensive line coach, it seems like everyone loves him. And, and and you saw in the Louisville game, they were doing a really good job in the trenches. So uh, they've they've got something working there. Um, I think I think you need a defensive end, uh, pass rush specialist type as well. Yeah, I mean that's been for years outside of my J. They that's the only one they got in six right. years. Yeah. Yep. I so, mean, I don't. I don't think that's being overly critical. They literally landed one edge rusher in six years. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you saw how hard it was to, for anyone to do anything against Louisville, and if that's the defense that's coming in here was attack, 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 then then you're going to need some people that can attack. So. Uh, uh, by the way, Garrison, I'm not hedging for no. Jones. I'm, I'm just. Go ahead, Aaron. I was just going to say, nobody was saying that we needed a linebacker before Ivan Pace came in, and he set the entire linebacking core on fire. Yeah, but, I mean, you were you were losing Joel and, and Darian. Like, there was a lot of like, – we like, everybody thought there was enough talent there, but it wasn't like that was like you were returning to first-team all-conference. Right. No, but like, we, I remember there were legitimate conversations. We're thinking that like four of the best players on the defense were at linebacker even before Ivan got there. Well, we didn't have those conversations until Ivan was here. I don't like. He came pretty quick. Like he was here pretty quick too, though. Once yeah, but then they were like, "Man, I don't know if, if Jaheim might start over him." <laughs> that was like the vibe. Like that was like the reports I begin from the guys. I'm like. I'm like, so how's I'm guessing pace is the starter? Like, no, he rotates behind Jaheim. That didn't last long. Nope. Which, that, I guess <laughs> that's my only point though, is is just because you're strong at a position bring in doesn't good mean you bring should... in the best players. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I agree. Which, Competition is good. Yeah. Well, I completely agree as well. But I I mean, speaking of Jaheim, he he had a meteoric rise in, in that latter half of the season, finished third yeah. team in tackles. Started to started to figure it out towards the end of the year for sure. Yep, you saw a little fire in him down the stretch as well. Um, got to hope that you know, I, I I'm not speculating or anything, but you know, just got to hope that he's part of that group that you 
talk to and you say, hey, we need you to stay. We need you to be a part of this as we transition and, and keep it rolling. So, uh, yeah, Jaheim has NFL potential. So, right. As long as he can figure out the mental side of the game, that's been his only Achilles heel, um, which doesn't cater very well to a new coaching staff coming in, <laughs> a new defense. But, you know, we'll keep, we'll keep glass half full for the guy. Hopefully he can transition well. Um, eh, we'll see. Uh, Jaden Davis, two interceptions in the uh, U.S. Army All-American Bowl. Shout out to him. He's uh, the recruit that flipped over, and seems like he's going to be able to, to, to kind of fill, you know, some some depth there in the back and defensive backfield. Uh, Chad on the board posted about a potential uh, strength and conditioning coach or, or, or where things are heading there. I don't know if you want me to, to say names or not, but nope, uh, that that's, stays on the board. That is now. on the board, and then as well as some some other names to track uh, um, in the portal as well, and uh, also recruits. So hop on the board. Signing day Wednesday, of course. Ten committed so far. Um, I should have taken the under on that over under fourteen, but uh, could have won. What I mean, unless something crazy happens, signing day number two. <laughs> right. Right. But it seems like most, like Trevor Carter said, I will be signing National Air Tent. Yeah, know. I think the really the only questions are Rohan Davey. Um, and he's he seems solid, but he did apparently Took take a visit yeah. to NC State this weekend. Yep. Uh, and then Josh Gregory, who visited Wisconsin. But I've I from what I've heard, I feel pretty solid about Josh Gregory sticking with the Bearcats. Could be wrong there, but um, that's at least, uh, what I've heard. And Rob, welcome to the, the, the community, Rob, Miss, Miss Lay, Miss Lay. I don't know. I don't know. He said his family owns some skylines, so, oh, ah, could be great. There you go. So also, if you're looking to sponsor anything, Rob, <laughs> skyline time. Aaron's trying to, Aaron's trying Aaron's to get somebody to send time. skyline to Athens to him. <laughs> Yeah, I'm or to I'm open saying, a skyline in Athens. Man. I will happily sit here and just hammer Toledo's and cheese conies all the entire podcast. Brent's it. also out of town, so those two like I've got a skyline. I can be at skyline and back in like twelve minutes. So and and the, the skylines in Indianapolis. God bless you, Ryan. The the, the skylines in Indianapolis just aren't the same, man. That just really. Yeah, this it's, this is. I tried to this, mute, but it can't. this is what he said about his family owning some skylines, and he had never heard of the Cheetos with fries hey. combo. I don't yeah, know. That's a that's a Dante special. Hey, when you're I don't know that any of us get what you want, man. I don't know that any of us had heard about that before. Dante, that's a listen, like, listen to me. Comes in people. the back, they bring the chair, the table, and they set it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The whole nine, you know. Yeah, I'm quarterly owned. Oh. <laughs> But yeah, apparently, like the way that they do it, if you order it, is they just give you an order of fries, and then they'll just take like five, six fries out of your order and put it in the Cholito, and do that for however many Cholitos you get. How many freaking carbs is that meal? Like a thousand? Dude, I whoa, can... way more than that. I think I could hammer ten Cholitos <laughs> in one sitting. I'm gonna be honest with you. With fries? No shot. No shot. I I would like to continue take eating the Skyline. Bet. Take the bet. <laughs> like, but no. Uh, Thrifty Walrus says everyone has to eat the 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 Corleone the Godfather order 
and then try to film an hour and a half show after. I'm not out. allowed to get up out of the seat either. You have to. None, none of us would finish it. We'd all puke. Chad. Rob, we guessed. We estimated on this, Rob, at like sixty dollars. Is that too low? I think it's probably too low. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Because I'll get, I'll get two Cholitos and a cheese coney, and it's like thirteen bucks. So, so seven, seven Cholitos, seven Cholitos and say thirty-five of fries. bucks. Seven order orders of fries. fries, right? Well, no, you no. just—I think one order of fries could probably do five or so. You might have to do two orders of fries. He gets the chili cheese fries though too. Yeah, you know, it's chili cheese fries so, and a large three-way. How about I just pull up the menu right this, now? We did, that. We, we did this, Ryan. Does we, he bring his? Does he bring his own string cheese with him? No. Like, so they have string cheese on the kids' such menu. A random thing. So they have string okay. cheese on the kids' menu, and I guess he uh, just, just like. All right. Let's I mean, shout out, shout out, Dante. Shout out, Dante. But uh, timestamp it. Yeah, let's go ahead and timestamp it. Uh, Aaron trying to get a uh, a skyline nil deal here. Quick Paper Supply, your local and family-owned restaurant supply company for all your non-food products. Quick Paper Supply services over 150 restaurants with easy weekly, low-minimum next-day deliveries, providing a wide range of food service products from to-go containers, cups, custom printed products, eco-friendly, and much more. They also have cleaning and restroom supplies for all your janitorial needs. Call Nick, 513-470-2029. Reference Bearcats for 20% off your first month of purchases. Uh, yep. So hopefully Wednesday, uh, maybe a surprise or two. Good surprise, if you will. But uh, we'll see. Stay locked in. BCJ will have it for you. Uh, signing day Wednesday and more football happenings all throughout the next month, month and a half and whole year. But it's, it's, it's basketball season, guys. Um, back to back wins uh, over this last week. Miami, they looked really good against Miami mm-hmm. um, offensively. Looking like a juggernaut. Uh, most points scored in West Miller era, highest effective field goal percentage in, in the West in, in the Ken Palm era for for the Bearcats. And you know they were they, they were clicking on all cylinders. Then Saturday continued its weird feel. Where it, you know everyone's saying, "Chad, you were there." I, like, w- was it kind of a weird vibe during the game? It was it was a very herky jerky type game, but the vibe wasn't weird. It was just one of those like. It's it was stuck between eight, 12 and eighteen points. Yeah, right. Like they would get it to eighteen to twenty, and then right back down to twelve, and then back up to eighteen to twenty, and then that's just playing Phil Dumpy's team, right? You know, Phil, Phil Dumpy makes it tough. Fran, they play a herky jerky style. <laughs> just just keep keep the water bottles out of out of his area. <laughs> But, uh, Good old Fran, Franny. Uh, but still, uh, another big. Win. They still scored seventy-eight points in a game that it didn't feel like they played well offensively. Yeah, and, and I, LaSalle's a good, good defensive team. Uh, their their offense is pretty terrible, but Future, yeah, defensively, they're that's where they bread their butter. So or butter their bread. Jeez, <laughs> I don't know uh, if you've got the same feeling, Chad, Brent, Ryan, but watching that game after watching the debacle of a bowl game, it felt like I was hungover, like in a sports hangover. Like I couldn't get up for that game at all. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, I wasn't, I wasn't but. impacted as much because I watched the first half at the Holy Grail. And while the first half was bad, 
it wasn't anything like what happened in the second half, right? Like it was 21 to seven. They were getting their butts kicked, but there was still like, you come out, you get a stop and a score on the first drive. Like if they had any offense at all, they win that game. They, they, they turned Louisville over in positive, like in field position, they could have taken advantage of multiple times and just couldn't move the ball. But luckily, I didn't have to watch the second half, Aaron, to feel that like this. Sucks. It was it was terrible. Like yeah. sw- even switching over to basketball, like I couldn't get up for it. I'm like disinterested at that point. I'm kids were running around like crazy people, little yeah. crazy people. I, I mean, I I was going into that game, Chad, and and you and I were both optimistic about the the football team heading in, um, just because I felt like. Coach Coombs had had everyone kind of just locked in, and I I thought in a bowl game scenario like that, it's just if if you're fired up and you can come out and and be the aggressor, then you can win a weird game like that. But turned turned out it was it was Louisville who who came out and did that. But basketball team though, it doesn't help when the opponent is LaSalle. You know, Aaron, like like if it was a better, right. you know better team at all then then you'd be like okay this is this is exciting now you know but still the logistics of people trying to watch that game after the football game on top of the crowd didn't seem to be like too too into it because obviously it's just a weird day that's standard for the lower bowl easy but yeah it's it's just i don't know but the my main drawback is you're watching this basketball team and first off Absolutely mind-boggling that they only scored 11 points in the second half against NKU. I, I watching this team play over the last few weeks, it it is mind-boggling that that happened. Um, because they're 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 lighting it up. And Chad, I think you mentioned it in, in the post-game presser. I'm pretty sure, but it seems like Wes is getting completely locked in to the games, and he's done extremely asking. fired up. Brent, yeah. he's done asking. Yes. Done asking. That's been his message. <clears throat> done asking, and it's it's paid off. Um, Literally, yeah. Well, see what she did there as well. <laughs> little uh, little little pay increase. But uh, what do you need to see? I guess from the hoops team, I, because you, you you know what they can. Uh, yeah, a big a big one, Aaron. <laughs> uh, but what do you need to see? Because because they can string together some wins here uh, heading into that Houston game. Uh, on on January eighth, and, and really start to kind of get a lot of momentum behind it. But you know, Ryan, over the past week or so, what what have you seen out of the basketball team? See, it does seem like they're starting to take that next step. And sure, the the opponents aren't great, but it does seem like they're starting to click, especially on the offensive end. Yeah, I just I think they're just playing way better as a unit. They're uh, they're getting better looks, shots are falling. I think it's just a product of everyone turning up. Uh, that intensity. And I think, you know, when you see Wes, um, him, Wes turning up his intensity, I think it's a sign of a great coach um, that his guys respond really well to that. And you can just feel that the energy on the team, it, they just lean on Wes really hard because I think they really respect him. And I think they should, because I think he's coaching his ass off. And they, I think the guys are responding. I think they're just playing overall better basketball, all facets. I think they're getting the extra pass. They're knocking down the open shot. Guys are playing their roles well. Um, guys are not just playing the roles well. Uh, other guys are expanding their roles, like how Vic's been playing, just keep con- consistently showing that 
he's a big part of this this team on the offensive. Uh, and I love the way Oguama plays just day in, day out, just balls to the wall. I really respect that. Just reminds me of kind of how I used to play back in the day, mm-hmm. you know, just do the, do the hustle plays. And, you know, it, with him, you're seeing that pay off more too. But, yeah, like I said, I think there's cohesively everything's clicking a lot better. I think it's a byproduct of people like doubling down on Wes and, I think they really should because I just love what I see out of them, just hunkering down, coaching harder, getting after the guys more, and I like how the guys have been responding to it. Okay. Aaron, same same sort of a feel, or are you seeing maybe a development in any players? Or Vic's been playing out of his mind. I mean, I know we've talked about him leveling up, but he's so efficient when he's on the floor, um, and it's – just encouraging every time he's out there, there's hasn't been like a drop off. It's not like he does it for a game or two. And then we're wondering where the hell he went. Like it's been like Brian said, just consistent, but it's not just been consistent. It's been really good. Consistent. Would you say he's locked in? I would. <laughs> I would. Oh God, man, you, you haven't pulled that one out in a while. It's Ryan. been a little while. Aaron. I mean, uh, that was yeah. Aaron's shtick all last year, Ryan. Victor, <laughs> I don't like one of Brent's jokes. Was trying to yeah. will it into existence last year. It didn't happen. <laughs> kind of like uh, Chunk McClellan for me this year. Um, <laughs> but in any case, I mean, good to see Davenport seeming to find his role over the course of the last couple of games after we all were, you know, uh, pitchforks and, you know, calling for him to be just benched like – I mean, yeah. everybody saw it. I'm not saying I wanted him to be benched, but just the general fan base, it seemed like that was some of the uh, the loudest voices in the room. Um, but, no, he's, he seems to be finding his spot. Um, it's it's DeJulius's team. I don't even think that that's even out of consideration anymore. It's just that's it. Um, Nolly is is kind of sliding into that Robin role to his Batman. And, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I mean, it's – there's been some things of encouragement, especially that second half of Xavier. Um, the first half, not anything to write home about, but we'll see where this team goes. I, I think that between DeJulius and, and Vic, that's where this team goes. Yeah, so I think they kind of – a fire was lit at halftime of that Xavier game, and I think it's been it's been burning strong and growing since then. So and Kenny Martin he, had the lighter. Yeah, I was about to say, I mean, it's kind of crazy that – you know, a guy who isn't a part of the team, maybe he could be that that lighter. But hey, if whatever I, I whatever helps, whatever works, I think works. A too much is being made of that, but I get it. Yeah, that's what I was. I think you can call it a catalyst. I mean, it started you there, can. right? You can, yeah, you can say that. It's also cool to see a guy who hasn't been around the program much at all over the course of the sure, last. Sure, I think it's people year. wanting to like. Fantasize Ken- Kenyon, <laughs> yeah, that Kenyon was like the you know, the the old war hero comes back and they're gonna make movies about it, Chad. Right, <laughs> like yeah. The halftime speech. What if I told you a halftime speech? What if I told you the OG came into the locker room and doom, doom. But no, I doom, so doom. Chad, are we starting to see the uh, the? I guess next step or leveling up or turning the page of, uh, of, of Daniel Skillings. I think he's been kind of, kind of a guy that's really taken that next step recently. And if he does that in conference well, play, 
It's just a huge, huge advantage. I think what I'm about to say is related to that. Right? Okay. We are starting to see this team find its identity without John Newman and then subsequently Rob Dennison. Right. The loss of John Newman left this team, I don't want to say rudderless, but left this team without like the most important voice in the locker room mm-hmm. in terms of playing hard and consistently hard every day, going out there and busting his ass and, and laying it all on the line. Like those were the things that John Newman brought to this team. And to have that taken away, you know, the, the as the season started, left this team scrambling to figure out who they were, how they were going to win. And and while also trying to figure out a bunch of new guys playing together offensively, like you're just trying to figure out if you're trying to to solve two or three puzzles at the same time Mm -hmm. when John Newman goes out. So I think they're finally starting to settle in and develop an identity without John. And part of that is definitely the development of Dan and Josh because they're starting to get 13, 15, 17, 20 minutes a game, depending on the game. And look, man, every game that Dan plays, you can see him getting better. Yeah. You just can see him getting better. I know, I know we struggle in rebounding, but he is one of the those guys who's just always in position. He's one of the best rebounding wings I remember at UC already. I mean, already is a true freshman. His like, size is just, not even it's his length, man. The yeah, number length, of yeah. times you see his hand, like you'll see three or four hands go up for a rebound. Mm-hmm. And all the other hand, there's one hand that's like half a hand above everybody else. And then they come down and it's Dan and he's got the ball and you're like, shit, he was up there. Yeah. I Do you give any credence to the struggling rebounding overall that the team has? Because they have really good individual rebounders in Vic and, and Daniel. But outside of that, um, they're. I think they are, they are working so hard to figure out an identity defensively. Mm-hmm. that I think the rebounding on the defensive end is suffering right now because their focus is guard, 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 guard. Right. And then they don't have that secondary instinct yet of, okay, the guarding is over. Ending the possession begins as soon as the ball comes out of that guy's hands. Right. Um, I, I just – I haven't seen a lot of comfort – as like a a unit rebounding yet. Um, But then you also factor that in with like, when they're at their best, they're getting out and running. So you're not sending four and five guys to the glass. Um, And and I've said it from the start, this team just doesn't have like that Trey Scott, that Gary Clark, that Justin Jackson, that just you can pencil in for seven rebounds a night. What, What are we seeing now, guys? We're seeing... One night, this guy has eight. And one guy, one night, this guy has seven. But we're not seeing that guy. Consistent, yeah. Consistently that has seven, eight rebounds a game. 
it's, it's also a little nitpicky. I, they, they won the last two games. Yes, they got <laughs> out-rebounded in both games, but they won the last two games by a combined like 50 points. It, it's yeah. like, yes, the, the opponent has a lot to do with that as well, but it's just showing that you're kind of masking a weakness with, with other strengths, if you will. So, And the fact that, I, I mean, whatever DDJ and, and Landers Nolly were, you know, they got a hold of Mike secret stuff or something from, from beyond the arc. I mean, Landers has always been known as a shooter, but the way that Dave has been able to, to really get his percentages up to this point. And I think it's, I think it's uh, far enough into the season where you can say it's not like a fluky beginning. Hopefully I'm knocking on wood, but I mean, they're both shooting over 41% from deep. That's just something that you don't really see too much out of the two leading scores for the Bearcats. Um, so if that continues, man, they're going to be in a lot of games. Uh, John White, unpopular opinion. I don't think Kalu is as bad as his minutes suggest. Uh, that's an unpopular opinion because it's a bad opinion, John. Sorry. I, I wish it was. I wish I didn't uh, have to disagree with you here. And hopefully, Kalu starts to figure it out as this thing goes along. But he's been he's been hard to play to this point. Hopefully that changes. Hopefully he starts to find a groove and is one of those guys where it just took some time to adjust to a, a new level and a new team. But right now he just he hasn't he hasn't been uh what you were sold the bill of goods on when he arrived. And and you know what it, it goes back to what Ryan said. That that is why the way Odio Guam has played over the last couple of weeks is just even more important. And yep. I mean, I will, uh, to be honest with you, Odie would, sh- would show flashes, but, you know, you'd be like, oh, gosh. But some, something happened. Because over the past couple of weeks, Odie looks really good. And, you know, he's, he's blocking shots. He's constantly attacking the rim to, to dunk the ball. You know, and, yeah. and it's, it's awesome to see. And I, it, it's something I hope continues along because his confidence seems like it's pretty sky high right now. And him playing with – Vic at the same time, I, I think that's a really good duo, especially if Vic can kind of continue to stay outside on defense and, and you know, defend the other teams, I guess, for foul trouble. Yeah, yeah. So, I don't know. It's it's interesting because you take a look at the at the uh, schedule right now. Um, if, if the team can continue this role, you know, obviously Detroit and Tulane at home to close out the, new, the, the year – and then you head into the new year, and it's at Temple, at Wichita State. If they can stay hot and pull out all those games, the only one they're projected to lose in Ken Palm is the game at Wichita State, and that's a 68-67 final score prediction. Um, that's obviously going to change a lot over the next few weeks. But if you're able to do that, you're going to be winners of, of nine out of your last ten. Uh, you're going to be riding on a high, heading into that Sunday, January 8th game, when Houston comes to town, uh, obviously a very difficult game there, but I don't think it's too far fetched to say that they can't continue this run. I mean, am, am I, am I letting my rose colored glasses cover up too much guys? Or are you kind of seeing this current streak that they're on? Got to be better defensively consistently because yeah. there are going to be times that your offense is just going to, have an off night or, um, you know, somebody's going to turn an ankle and 
be out for a you know a, a, a portion of the game or yeah. you know some just stuff like that. Like Ryan will tell you, defense travels. Like it, it, you're going to go on the road, you're going to have to win a game. Like where or maybe only one of your three or four main guys is playing well. Right. Um, I liked what I saw from them defensively against LaSalle, but that's a a team that struggles offensively. Uh, I thought Miami got too much easy stuff. Um, even like in a game where their offense was unbelievable and it can get a little free flowing and back and forth, you're still getting, and this happened in LaSalle too. You're still getting beat down the floor too many times after made baskets. Like you're Mm -hmm. still, there's still just those, those things that, They take a game from where the opponent scores 68 points and and Mm -hmm. puts them at 62. Right. And it's a lot easier to beat a team at 62 than it is when they're up pushing 70. So um, that's the next step I need to see from this team is is the ability to complement a better offense with a more consistent defense. Mm -hmm. I agree. We'll see. And, and, you know, like you mentioned, so – the importance of John Newman to this team is when the AAC had their media days or I guess their media zoom call, which is terrible, but let's go. <laughs> yeah. The, the, the two players that were a part of that were David DeJulius and John Newman. So his, his importance to the team is, is something that can't be you know talked about enough, but you know, they're, they're figuring ways out and, and Daniel Skillings, I, I, he is becoming the star that everyone has, has was talking about during the offseason workout. So, um, just, uh, just a heads up as to what ESPN says, I know it's not Ken Palm, but what ESPN yeah. says, uh, they favor, uh, Temple 50.3%. Um, mm-hmm. they favor Wichita state 54.8%. And they favor Houston by 83.2%. Right. Okay. So we'll see. We'll see. Get get, get lucky. Ride that wave. I um, guess we'll stamp this. Anything else on basketball, guys? D- Detroit Mercy and uh, and their their high-scoring guard. Uh, what, what's it? That, the Antoine Davis heading to town on Wednesday. So stay locked in for that. But anything else here basketball-wise? No, I'm good for now. Good. Quick paper. Is that a, a timestamp? Timestamp, y'all. T.S. Quick Paper Supply. They provide mostly disposable restaurant supplies, products like to-go containers, cups, pizza boxes, to-go bags, can liners, not cat liners, can liners, <laughs> napkins. They've spent. Uh, they've been open since 2009 and are one of the largest minority-owned companies in the city. They also have cleaning and restroom supplies for all your janitorial needs. Call Nick, 513-470-2029, reference Bearcats for 20% off your first month of purchases. Uh, Rob, Ms. Lay, you guys got some Skyline franchises. You guys need to link up with our folks at Quick Paper Supplies. There you go. And and make a happy Bearcat marriage in the uh, restaurant industry. There you go. There we go. so, Chad, uh, Davion Thomas in town on a visit, official visit this past weekend. Um, oh, sorry, no, two weeks, two weeks ago, and then of course uh, last week. Last week, yeah. 
Uh, Jizzle James was was also at the game on Saturday. Um, I mean, Floyd Badunga obviously is, is is another name that, that that people are loving to track. Anything else as, as far as basketball recruiting wise as uh, the season continues nope. to trudge along? <laughs> nope. Uh, Davion Thomas Day Day is what he what he goes by. He doesn't go by Davion. Uh, he visited West Virginia this weekend. Um, that those were his kind of like winter break visits uh, mm-hmm. as his season at Kilgore had like a week off. Um, I'm going to, you know, I'm sniffing around to figure out, does this mean we're in decision mode or is this thing going to play out till the spring? Um, don't have word on that yet, but when I do, I will, uh, I will let the folks at Bearcat Journal know. His his stats are mind boggling. His shooting is really good, man. Uh, just just He's go really good. Go and check it out. Something like fifty three percent from three or something like that. I don't know. It's just nuts. Um, but we'll see. So, so something to keep track on. But uh, without further ado, I think it's time for the for for the mailbag. Unless you guys want to want to roll on any other topics. No, I'm good. Mailbag Nation, let's ride. Mailbag Nation, let's, let's ride. Oh. Let's ride. Chad, did you want to talk about that one thing that we talked about? Yeah, talk about that one thing, Chad. Or do you want to leave that alone? Talk about that one thing, Chad. About recruiting? Ah, oh, well, no. We'll leave that alone for now. All right. <laughs> yeah, enough. Ryan, maybe we'll hear about it too, man. Yeah, if we're lucky. Right. All right. Starting with the football portion of the mailbag. Uh, with the showing of Prater on Saturday and with Brady Dragish staying committed, do we see a developed Prater game one, a true freshman starter or a transfer portal guy, assuming Lichtenberg doesn't win the job? And if a transfer, who is the target or targets? I mean, how many what ifs can we throw into one final question <laughs> here, D Trimmer? Um, uh, go ahead, Ryan. I, um, I think that the chances of Ben coming back are unlikely with his injury and a new staff. I think that would be a good idea of them to have him come back, but I think they're going to look for a transfer portal guy to be their guy. Um, That's my bet. And that would be the most likely player to start. I mean, I I think if they could get Emory Jones, like, Emory Jones doesn't come. He started at Florida. He started at Arizona State. You would anticipate he would be coming here to to be the starter. Um, if it's not him, then, you know, it depends on what level of transfer guy you can get, right? Like, that that's that's going to be the, the telltale sign here. Um, a freshman, true freshman, day one quarterback, tall ass. Not likely. Not like as you go into the Big 12, like that's a really big ask, even with how quickly on the rise Brady Drogas has, has been on. But uh, that is a, it's a tough ask. Not even Arch Manning is going to start day one. We'll see, though. All right. Uh, what position groups besides offensive line and quarterback need to be upgraded this offseason? Is there a position group that you feel good about going into next season? Nose tackle. <laughs> um, I feel good about Dante. Everything else, I, if, if, I mean, if Ivan doesn't come back, like 
take a fall off. I feel okay at linebacker. I don't feel great, right? Like, I and they have DP and Jaheim. DP and Jaheim, yeah, I believe that. I mean, I don't know with Ty. I think Ty has a COVID year if he wants to use it. I don't think he's going to. Like, I. I'm really high on uh, Jonathan Thompson that was in the last class. I'm really high on Sincere Lewis that was in the last class. Um, I think those two guys could be guys that, like, you go through spring ball and come out of spring ball, and all of a sudden you're like, ooh, I think we might have something here. But with if Ivan, somehow they can get him to, to back out of the Shrine Bowl. I think that's what he was in, the Shrine Bowl. Yeah. If you can get him to back out of the Shrine Bowl and come back, then you're you're okay. You feel really good about linebacker. If you can't get him to do that, uh, you got to make some moves. Uh, Shaman yeah. a tight end, yeah, but you need more than one. I thought Peyton Singletary had a, had a pretty good. Catch, I, I think I mean. Peyton Singletary was has, has come on strong. Yeah, uh, in practice during this season, um, but I think you would still want to add one if you could. I guess Jack Dingle at linebacker as well. I think yeah, yeah. I like what he brings. That so. that group of Thompson, Dingle, and and uh, Sincere Lewis. Like I think you do have some legitimate young, potentially big time talent in that room. That's mm-hmm. in the. I, I think you can like any of these positions without also like you can also say that all of them could take an upgrade. So I don't know. Yeah, I mean safety, you're probably it's gonna be probably what Armorion and threats. Uh Jack Dingle will still be around. Isaiah Cox will still be around. Um, they've got some guys coming in, you know, hopefully uh that, that can help out there. I don't know that you necessarily need a starter level tight there, other than uh we might need a guy when uh Armorion and threats are sitting out half a game for the targeting that they had in the second half of the game. By the way, how about that that on announcer saying threats? Yeah, like, threats. How are you By- Byron Byron threats. Byron threats. Brian Corey, threats. Corey Kiner wearing three different jersey numbers in one game. Well, that was just because he couldn't wear two uh because he was he was playing on punt return. And Wilson Huber is also on punt return. So, but then he also switched. I think he did that so he didn't have to keep switching. Probably. That that would be my guess is he yeah. switched to a number that wasn't on punt return. So they did like Royer getting the jersey, especially a running back or a linebacker jersey off of your pads. Oh my goodness. In between, it's like, like a two-man operation. Chuck yeah. did it all season. I, I mean, looking at the jersey though, I think he puts Chuck it over his jersey. Wasn't he doing it on, um, yeah, on, on, on special teams? Yeah, on kickoff because because threats would wear ten as well. So no, um, I didn't but, notice that. I guess, but I think he just puts it over the jersey. But it looked yeah, really but but you still have to take it off, right? No, when I, you oh, get to the sideline. I agree. Like no. that that shit ain't easy, Royer. I've seen guys no. after practice like standing yeah. there like this. <laughs> Help me. Yeah. What about, Help. what about the running back position, guys? Uh I mean, I think Ethan Wright. I feel so good, good about running back, but I, I you think mean, he's gonna stay at um 
Running back? He wants I to sh- play running back. I sure hope so, man. He w- he was hitting the hole hard. He wants game. to play like that's why he's back at running back right now. He doesn't want to play safety. He wants to play running back, which huh. I will say. One of the reasons I'm really happy to have an offensive-minded coach is maybe the head coach will stop trying to fucking turn every talented offensive player he sees into a defender. <laughs> he could be a great outside linebacker. I don't. I don't feel good enough to rate the running back room after what I felt was, yeah, largely in trouble because of the offensive line. So put together an offensive line and let's see what we have in the running back room. I, I still don't know if this running back room is capable of big 12 or not. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Have we thought maybe Kiner just wanted to wear 35 to honor UC great Ryan Royer. <laughs> That's a possibility. That should be considered. I don't know how you'd not consider that. <laughs> All right. Uh, how many next year starters do you believe are on the current roster right now? Just offense God, and defense over under 10.5. We will include committed student athletes. I have no idea. <laughs> I have no idea either. Mark Mark loves these like 14 months from now. What do you think? I love Merck, but I think I think Merck writes prop bets, and that's what his actual job <laughs> is. He's just never told us. He tries these out on us to see I'll what he should do. That is a him. great I'll take point. You over. 10.5. Um <laughs> But offensive line, Gerhardt and Huber for sure. I'm taking that over. I take over. Running back, you would think the running back is here. Uh, Shaman. Shaman at tight end. At least one wide receiver you would think would be somebody that's here. I think they're going to hit the portal hard for wide receiver. but Got to. Um. Corleone, like if Briggs leaves, at least you would expect Corleone and Phillips to probably be starters. There's seven. Jaheim. Jaheim. DP. DP. Threats. Armorion. Threats. That gets us to 11. Okay, over. The rake. (laughs) (laughs) Just offense and defense. I know. He is a weapon, so he's offense and defense. Yeah, but Merck is right in prop bets, so. Okay. When do transfer portal players sign? When are the high school signing periods, a.k.a. when will help arrive? Uh, The transfer portal is open until the 18th of uh, January. And that's just for people to enter. To enter. That's what I was going to get to. It's open until then. Uh, You can sign kids from the portal all the way to the start of camp. And then there's another two-week window in April when the portal opens and you can sign or you can add players out of there. The high school signing periods, uh, one of them starts Wednesday, um, goes for a week, I think, or two weeks. And then the other one is in February, uh, the second, I think the second Wednesday in February is the second one. When will help arrive, there will be some of these guys that will be here uh, at the start of the, the winter semester and they'll be here for spring ball and then the rest of them will be here in the summer. All right. During Higher Ground, there was positive news. 
about Prater on his growth as a passer, do you feel like there was regression from him during the season or was what we saw the last two games, what he, sh what he has shown during practice all season? Unfortunately, what we saw was the progression. <laughs> Would you yep. agree with me, Ryan? I agree. I think he looked a little better than he did last year, but every time people would clamor for him, um, I knew what they were asking for and what it entailed, and I could always tell them, trust me, you do not want it. It will not be what you think it is. And that's me being kind of an asshole. I like Evan, but, I mean, he's yeah, just not ready for – he's not ready to be able to – throw the ball the way our offense needed him to running. Yes. He can run around there and do some cool shit sometimes, but all in all and running that offense, he's not ready yet. Arm talent. -wise. I agree. Yeah, I agree. All right. I don't know if he ever will be. We'll hope to God. It's a lot of ground to make up from where he's at. If we're I being know. honest. Yeah. What is the biggest? Well, I guess before we go there, Brent, anything you wanted to add? You went to higher ground. Anything you want to add about Prater? And you know, I thought I thought Evans' deep ball was good, but I feel like they never like told him to throw a deep ball. And I I know there's a lot that goes into that, but yeah, I don't, I don't know. I mean, Satterfield recruited him heavy to to Louisville. Maybe Satterfield can unlock something, but um, we'll see. Time will tell. What is the biggest portal need this offseason? Um, I think we kind of hit that as we have gone around the horn repeatedly here on that. Um, and if you had to guess a starting quarterback for next season, week one, who are you picking? I don't know why the word my is there. Aaron, no Aaron Smith is my pick. I'm going Ryan Royer. He actually had a COVID year that he didn't use this year. Um, so he's going to come back and run Sats uh, power spread system. <laughs> or how about Bo Jura? I think Bo Jura is going to be the starter. We'll see. Ricky Beers. So I saw that guy pop up earlier on Twitter. Ricky Beers. Transfer. That is the football portion of the mailbag. The basketball portion is pretty light. Not mad about it. Uh, if you had to re-rank the top five or so teams in the American heading into conference play, how do you see it shaking out? Also, what do you guys think our conference record will end up being? Are we thinking Sage will get a medical redshirt this year, considering he has only he's still only played five minutes to date? I'm sure the staff can write up some paperwork to get that pushed through if need be. Um, the Sage stuff, we'll, we'll have that as a second conversation, just because, A, he's already got eight minutes, not five. Um, B, he's been in two games, not one. Do you um, really think we're going to answer that question? Do I think the, the medical staff is going to fake an injury to redshirt him <laughs> medically? Oh, God. Do it. Do it. I think Wes has a pretty good grasp as to what he's doing. I'll um, if I had to re-rank the top five teams in the American, I haven't – I mean, there's been a lot going on since basketball season started around here. So I haven't exactly uh, sat down and, and uh, uh, ingested a lot of American Athletic Conference basketball. 
Uh, I would say from what I have seen, um, obviously Houston is outstanding. Memphis has been more consistent than I expected them to be to this point. Um, Same could be said for UCF. UCF has been good at times. Um, Tulane has disappointed. They have not been at the level I thought that they could be. Um, Temple, I thought Temple was going to be better than what they've been. They started off like they were like they were going to get things rolling and just haven't really, um, haven't really like caught a, a rhythm yet. So, but the thing I would say with like Tulane and Temple is they're two teams that can get you. Yeah, like Temple defensively linked athleticism. We saw that last year with that young core mm-hmm. that they've got together. Tulane can can hang. Like if UC wants to get like if UC doesn't get where they need to be defensively, that could be a 95-93 game with Tulane. Because Tulane will get up and down and trade buckets with you. Tulane. Tulane. Um, <laughs> so I, I would have Cincinnati third or fourth. Yeah. Um, right in that group with uh, UCF, Cincinnati, and then either Temple or Tulane, depending on if they get their shit together or not. I think Memphis is beatable, although they've looked really good. Um, I, I don't buy Kendrick Davis, man. I mean, we've had Kendrick Davis's number his entire career. Uh, That's maybe why I don't buy Kendrick Davis. <laughs> but, I mean, DeAndre Williams is in his 12th year uh, yeah. of college basketball. But uh, UCF is the big surprise team, I'd say. They've got that really good freshman on their team. What's his name? Taylor Hendricks. Who's yeah. come on? He's he's had some really good games, uh, inside outside guy, shooting fifty percent from three with with you know volume six foot nine dude. Uh, yeah, I think they're good, but I think Cincinnati is probably probably number three right now with with, with the chance to to leap Memphis if if uh, if they can really get things rolling. All right, I'm not ready to go there yet. I we'll see. They've got Memphis's number. Take it I said yeah. I said yeah. Are we showing any interest in six eleven Maddie Mady M A D Y uh Traor? Traor. Uh he was tw- he was a twenty-two NC State signee. They brought in another guy and he is available. Question mark. Videos show he he's a smooth big. Basketball recruiting stuff happens on the board, not in the podcast. That's the basketball portion of the mailbag. <laughs> um, blazing through this one. Um, we might, uh, we're going to be under 215 tonight at least. Like Easily, yeah. <laughs> Skins uh, in the in the banks portion. Uh, first things first, Chad, best wishes for Kelly. Aaron, best wishes for the kids you're watching. Maybe Brent should be there for adult supervision. Chad, I was thinking about your Bishop story with him crushing a heater right before tip. Do you have any other stories like that that you can share? If not, you know my DM. Uh, there was one time the there was a – I think this is like, you know, the, the layup line? They come out for that final layup line with like eight, ten minutes left. I think there was a disagreement between Larry Davis, the player from Houston – and Lance Stevenson, 
uh, as they were coming out for the layup line, and they both just ran back in the locker room and fought. And then when they were done, they settled <laughs> their differences. They came back out and <laughs> played the game. <laughs> Things were different back in the mid two thousands, late two that like you know right right in that two thousand eight to twelve range. Guys, you know, guys had a little beef. They just went back to the locker room, chucked some nuts, and then came back out and played the game. Not everybody had HD recording devices in their pockets. Yeah. Well, but they like they like they they were smart. At least like they knew like we could do this out here in front of everybody, and it's going to be like a that would still make ESPN and social media was around. Like it wouldn't yeah. have been good, but they were like. Let's go. Let's go back in here, handle our business, and then uh, come back out and get ready for the game. That's the best uh, I can do for now. Skin's next question, gents. What are you doing for Christmas? Um, I'll be in Athens. We're sticking around here. I'll be in Columbus, making some ravioli. Ravioli. I did a. Uh, I did a. Come I on. Did a, I did a baked ziti tonight. Oh really? Oh, yeah. I love yeah. those. those are good. I've got a I've got a new thing where like a one pot. Do you do a one pot? Uh, so what I do now? No, I don't do one pot. So what I do now? I used to like when I would get Italian sausage, you just like mix it up and then make the like the the sauce with the meat, whatever. Mm -hmm. Now I've been taking the Italian sausage and making like little mini meatballs. Okay. Like, just, like little yeah. tiny ones. And then browning those up in the pan and then making the sauce with the meatballs in the sauce. And then yeah. you make the, the pasta, mix it all up, put it down in a, a dish, and then cover it with mozzarella. I, I got like a four-cheese Italian cheese blend. Mm -hmm. And then put the second half on top, put the rest of the cheese on top of there, baked it for like 35 minutes with some, uh, with some, with some garlic bread. It was very good. That was dinner That's tonight. Well. But I like that a lot better. Like you actually get some substance. I don't like when you have like the meat sauce with just like the like chili meat. I know. Do you do you do like the onion and garlic too with the olive oil before? So I I can't eat onions. Okay. It's a long really, story. even if you cook them down. A little bit more. Like it's a better chance when I cook them down. But they're still. If I don't cook one down enough, I will throw up. <laughs> Okay. So I I just I don't risk. I love onions. doing that. I love doing that with all my. I went heavy on the garlic and the sauce. The sauce is yeah. really garlicky. Yeah. I just I don't. See. I can't do the onions. Like an onion, I'll do an onion powder. Yep. But the, my problem with onions is biting into an uncooked onion. My body rejects it. <laughs> instant. Instant. Instant vomit. Like instantly, <laughs> my mouth. Like you know, you get that when you're ready to like get sick your like glands yep. just start watering over. instantly yeah. like the worst for me my biggest fear every time i order a cheese coney is that there's gonna be one tiny little raw onion that somehow snuck into the cheese that ended up <laughs> on top of my cheese coney and i'm gonna bite it and, that, and i'm gonna get i'm gonna throw up it's happened 10 times in my life that onion would just be gone forever it's the worst. That was cooking with Ryan and Chad. Uh, Brent, what are you doing for Christmas? 
Uh, I will be heading to my parents' place in Cocoa Beach, Florida. They do this uh, this thing called Surfing Santa. It's a it's like a national nice. national phenomenon. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, hang out with the fam and everything. But yeah, that's that's it's it's weird though because you know the, the past few seasons we've been used to having to figure out also how the bowl game is going to work. You know, or you know, like it's fun. done. It's yeah. over. Thank God. You know what? I hate it. That this was a December 17th, 11 a.m. bowl game when I first found out about it. <laughs> it's the best fucking thing that's happened to me in weeks. Imagine if that bowl game happened like on January 2nd. <laughs> Is Brent a rich kid? Yes. No. Yes. He still eats with a silver spoon. I work hard. I didn't say <laughs> you didn't work hard. That doesn't mean you're not a rich I'd, kid. I'd... It doesn't mean you weren't born on third. At least you thought you hit a double. Oh, jeez. Easy. <laughs> Um, Chad, what are you doing for Christmas? Uh, just family stuff here and getting ready for a stupid fucking transplant that I'm ready to start going to insurance companies and finding who I need to strangle. But, uh, other than that, that's it. Go to my, uh, go to my uncle's house. I think I, I'm in charge of ham. Uh, again, I was in charge of ham for Thanksgiving. They like, I make a really good ham, glazed ham. So I keep getting put in charge of ham. There we go. The ham god. The ham man. And Skin's last question. Have you guys ever had Omaha steaks? My in-laws sent us steaks, burgers, and beef franks, and I'm hoping they are damn good. Aren't Omaha steaks the ones that, like, ride around in trucks? No, they have, like, storefronts, and then they have a website. I thought they were, like, the people. They might have started like that. Trying to sell you steaks out of trucks, and I never trusted those guys. (laughs) Um, They're okay. They're, They're not bad. Uh, I've had them before. Um, they had a really good. They used to have a real. There, there was a store here close to me. They had a really good steak rub, like a seasoning that was good. Um, but they're frozen steaks. Like they're they're okay. They're not, not gonna knock your socks off. Yeah, like I'm not like <laughs> I'm not going out of my way to order them. But if somebody's like, I got some Omaha steaks, I would be like, all right, yeah. I will eat your Omaha steaks. <laughs> if somebody gifted them to me, I would be like, "Cool, I'll I'll eat that shit." I'm indifferent. You don't like you hate steak. I don't hate weirdo. steak. I just don't like steak. It's fine. Um, P.S. Brent, we need to have a meeting for hashtag AAC23 sometime in the new year. Let me just skins. get clear. Don't worry. We'll that's uh, that's skins. Um, and then the last. The last question in the mailbag is not a question. Just shout out for one of the Cincinnati greats. Tom Browning, dude, was just cool. RIP, Mr. Perfect. So I was supposed to go to the perfect game. It was a Friday night, but the weather was shitty. And it was a rain delay for like two and a half hours. So the game didn't really get started until like 9, 30, 10 o'clock. So he was definitely buzzing at that point. So my dad... You know, we were going to go if everything was cool because it was a Friday night. Like, you know, we used to go to a lot of Reds games. Um, But then with the forecast, he was just like, "Eh, I'm not going down there. And, you know, game starting at 10 o'clock. You're there until one. He was like, "Eh, I don't I don't feel like messing with it tonight. So we didn't go. I reminded him of that today when I called him to tell him that Tom Browning had passed. (laughs) Reminder. Should have, could have, would have. Yeah. Thanks, Dad. Could have seen history, but you decided to take a night off. Appreciate it. <laughs> That's the mailbag. 
Yeah. Wow. Look at us. Look at Two us. Six. Who, who would have thought? Wow. Who would have thought? Look at us. Look at us. Anything else, guys? Who Before we close it. this one out. I'm good. All right. I'm good. I'm good. Great show, boys. Great show. All right, guys. Well, uh, Wednesday, Detroit Mercy. Then uh, Merry Christmas to everyone. Uh, we'll oh, be- hold on. Hold on. Yeah. I got to get to one more thrifty walrus. Who has a better arm after yesterday? Jacoby Myers for the Pats or Prater? <laughs> I had to sneak that one in there. I had to sneak that one in there. Did you see that, Aaron? Yeah, I saw it. I just didn't know what to do with it. <laughs> uh, yeah, I just, it was funny. Come on. Uh, Stephen Chenault made Philly cheesesteaks at home today. They were outrageously good. Glad you enjoyed it. Get us out of here, friend. <laughs> uh, well, Detroit Mercy, then a Merry Christmas this uh, this weekend. And of course, we'll be back next Monday. But uh, for my good pals, my buddies, my partners, Smith, Chad Brendel, Ryan Royer. I am Brent Young. Yet again, this has been the BBP presented by BearcatJournal.com. See ya!